Good morning. My name is Stephen Capaldo, and I'm here from uh, from Capaldo with Love, or as Wheelbarrow Man. Some of you think like that uh, title for me. You think that it suits my personality, and uh, I think there's probably something to that. But welcome. Thank you for listening. Um, today I'm going to talk a little bit about why religions and governments and the new world order, globalism, why they fail or they are failing or they are doomed to fail. And to do that, I'm going to start off reading a passage from uh, Revelation uh, 13, verses 1 through 18. And uh, I'm going to read through it, and I'll make some comments along the way. But um, really, I, I don't I, I don't want you to try to match this to specific events, past, present, or future. Um, rather, just think of it as, you know, how does this passage relate to religion, government, and globalism, basically. You know, how, what is their, like, what is your situation? Uh, I mean, if you're in this situation, what is life like? You know, if, um, and, and, and see if you can draw a parallel between what the scripture is saying and uh, something about, you know, what happens when you are in religion or you're relying on governments or you want a global government or the, this type of thing. So, um, you know, because I know that it's a highly symbolic uh, passage and people get off on all kinds of uh, making all kinds of uh, comparisons and analogies and uh, seeing all kinds of metaphors, and 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 I have to admit, quite frankly, I mean, I enjoy reading scripture, but really, you know, I'm not a Hebrew or Aramaic or Greek scholar or any or you know other ancient languages, and I you know I don't have the uh, the uh, academic theological background, but I think that still, if you let the Holy Spirit witness to you, uh, the Spirit will show you some things, show you some wisdom and some truth, things that apply to your life. Uh, and the stories are kind of neat and, you know, arguing over whether or not they're all literally true. I think it's kind of a, a mugs game, as they say, it's kind of a, a kind of a useless game, uh, to do that. I think that, uh, whether they're all literally true or not, um, they're good stories. You know, they're stories about those people and stories about us, a lot of them and the trials that we face in life. And reading the Bible, as I've said before, trying to read the Bible in a way where every piece has to fit together, you're going to go down this rabbit hole of dispensationalism or systematic theologies or commentaries, and you're going to end up just being divided. You're going to be divided over you know, theological issues. If you look at the history of Christianity as such, well, it started off one way, and then, you know, there was... Uh, it was there was kind of a universal body of Christ, and then there was a split between the the Roman and the Eastern, and then from there there was a split between the Roman and the the Reformation and and Protestantism, and Protestantism has become over thirty thousand different denominations. So there's been a lot of fracturing uh, in the faith, rather than just concentrating on, you know, who is the Almighty Creator and the Father Spirit, and who is the Son, and, and what does this mean for my life? You know, if I believe in Christ, what does that mean for my life? Uh, what is Christ on the cross? You know, f uh, so so basically for, for me, the challenge has been to go from being a, a uh, fear-based Christian 
to being a truth-seeking or cosmological Christian. And I think that's that, that, that's kind of a good way to look at it, is that I'm, I'm always going to be interested in uh, finding out more truth and deeper truth about uh, creation and about divinity and about afterlife and about... Um, you know God's sense of justice and and different things like that, but but uh, I don't want to use my beliefs to oppress other people because that's a fear-based Christian. When you're using, um, you know, the the cross and the sinner's prayer and things like this to to frighten people, uh, this is not really the point of the gospel. And so that that transition, it's uh, you know, if you are kind of indoctrinated into fear-based Christianity, it takes a while to understand that, and then to make the transition out of it into some you know kind of truth-seeking Christian, or you know cosmological Christian. Sometimes it's called that's kind of a more theological word, but just just a, a truth-seeking Christian. You, you you don't settle for what man has taught you. You know, twenty, thirty, forty years ago, you're always looking for. Uh, more of the truth, because you realize that you cannot put people up on a pedestal and that really you need your own relationship with the Almighty Creator. Um, and you have to kind of figure that out with the Almighty Creator. If you can receive from certain people along the way, I've always said that's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. But this idea of, you know, you have to be in a church building, you have to be a member of a congregation, you have to have an officially ordained pastor. Uh, I actually believe these are not true teachings. These are false teachings. But anyway, let's just read a little bit of scripture and then uh, see how we can get back to the topic of why, why do religions, governments, and globalism fail? Why are they failing? Why will they fail? Uh, what is there about? What can we say about them that uh, allows us to draw such a conclusion? Then I saw a beast rising from the sea, so you have a beast, which had ten horns and seven heads, and upon its horns ten crowns and slanderous names upon its heads. So, you know, you get all kinds of uh, images. Oh, it's the European Union. Oh, it's the ten regional governments. So, uh, whatever, whatever it is, whatever, you know, it's just, okay, you have a, you have a beast. So you have, uh, like you have Babylon, you have, you know, the, the, the other side, the false reality, that's what you have. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard, and its feet like a bear, and its mouth like a lion's mouth. So people from there, they name all kinds of countries. But the the beast that I saw was like a leopard, and its feet like a bear, and its mouth like a lion's mouth. So uh, this this beast is really uh, into control and into using their power to control. Um, and the dragon gave to it, gave to the beast, its power and its throne and great authority. So this is the, the, the false authority. This is not the true authority of, the, of uh, the Almighty Creator. This is not the true authority of the love of God. This is the other authority. This is, very often we call it, you know, Babylon or the world system or the, the false reality. Anything that is not of the love of God. And we have all kinds of words from the Bible for things like this, like, you know, uh, Satan and Lucifer and demons and hell and sin and, and all this and that. It's, it's uh, this dragon and beast combo, you know, this is really part of the false reality. And the dragon gave to it its power and its throne and great authority. And one of its heads was as if it had been slain in death. Then its fatal wound was healed. And the whole earth was astonished and followed the beast. So the world system can look like, it can look bad, and then it can look good. It can kind of transform the way it looks, and because it, it deceives the people. The beast deceives the people. The Babylonian system deceives the people, you know, and uh, 
Uh, a lot of places now, a lot of the large centers, for example, you know, New York City. I spent a lot of time working and living in New York City. Uh, right now, it's kind of like a captured province of Babylon. You know, it's not, uh, and people are leaving the city now, uh, now that they've progressed to uh, phase one of this uh, emerging from lockdown from the so-called pandemic. Uh, and it's, uh, it's just like, it's like a cap, it's like captured territory. Um, because people have just really bought into the lie of the world system. They've bought into, um, you know, uh, materialism and, and putting people up on pedestals, you know, human worship instead of worshiping the almighty creator, uh, worshiping, you know, false gods, idols, you know, replacements for the true and living God. Um, this is what has happened in, in a place like New York and really New York. And, you know, you've got Washington, you've got London, you know, these are kind of the, really the centers of this kind of pyramid system where you've got at the very top of the pyramid, uh, you've got the, the, the top of the top of the top of the, of the global elites, the Jesuits and bankers and, uh, Chabadism and that, that type of thing. Zionism, you've got the people at the very top. It's not even the 1%. It's like the 1% of the 1% of the 1% that really are in charge of, of what goes on. And the thing that saves us is that, of course, if people start waking up a little bit, you know, that would be, that would be helpful. But it's just that uh, having enough really competent people to enforce what the top of the top of the top wants to do, uh, it's not so easy. So, you know, you, 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 uh, you know, people are often, they're afraid that people are going to come and hunt them down and this and that. And I don't know. I mean, I think if you look at some of these services and people that are supposed to be doing this, I think there's a lot of disorganization and a lot of, you know, not very competent people, not very skilled people around trying to carry out all of this. And, you know, it's, God is greater than all of that. So I think we have to, you know, remember that. And not uh, not succumb to fear. I mean, I think we have to, to a large extent, we have to, you know, just kind of watch the parade go through. And I know it's. I don't want to make it. I don't want to belittle the fact that the people at the top of the pyramid have done a lot of bad things and have caused a lot of pain and suffering and destruction, you know, to a lot of people. And they don't really care. I think those are realities we have to come to grips with. Is that, you know, there are a lot of people who have not acquitted themselves very well. But instead of simply saying that they're evil, well, we have to understand that they have the same problems that we have, that they have somehow turned their back on God, and they've just walked the other way. They've run the other way, away from God. So we have some empathy and compassion for that. We don't give up on our principles that we want to uh, worship the Almighty Creator, the true Creator, uh, the Father Spirit in, in Christ, in the Son, we want to do that. Uh, we want to pick up the pick up the spiritual cross based on the physical cross, and we want to love and help and serve the best way we can. But uh, part of that is also compassion and, and forgiveness for the for the oppressors. It's it's not that we agree with them. It's we're not we're not like I say we're not going to give an inch on what we believe. And one of its heads was as if it had been slain in death, and its fatal wound was healed, and the whole earth was astonished and followed the beast, and they paid homage, homage to the dragon, right? They fell down on their knees, touching their foreheads to the ground, you know. They paid homage to the dragon, because he gave his authority to the beast. And they paid homage to the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, and who is able to war against him? Um, 
so paying homage there's there's no one like the beast you know there's no one like you know whoever it is and you know you have all these uh, these ideas about the antichrist it's this one it's that one and in fact there have been many antichrists it's a spirit it's a system um and that that's really how we should be looking at it is uh is there going to be a, another big antichrist that comes along well could it could well be the case but i think we also have to think in terms of you know the antichrist is a spirit and it's a system <coughs> pardon me and the power of speech was given to him speaking loud and blasphemous things right you know so this is not going to be a god worshipper you know this beast or this dragon this this whole system it's not going to be a god worshiping system you can see how the world is going you can see that they uh, they really they don't they don't uh, recognize the true and living god right and authority was given to him to do miracles during 42 months so you can do miracles you can do miracles with uh good intent godly intent and you can do miracles with ungodly intent so these are miracles during 42 months ungodly intent and his mouth opened in blasphemies to god to revile his name in his tabernacle his sanctuary where his people dwell spiritually those who live in his tabernacle in in heaven in that realm in the in the godly realm in the divine realm then it was given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them and authority was given to him over every tribe and people and language and nation so this is really uh, the idea that that we have, uh, we hear a lot of, you know, spiritual warfare is that really the love of God, you could say, uh, if, you know, a lot of people don't want to use the, the, the warlike or militaristic sounding terminology, but, but, but there is, a, there is a, a spiritual opposition, there is a spiritual war, there is this uh, war between uh, the love of God and the opposite, the false reality, the true reality and the false reality. There, there, is, there, there is this kind of opposition. You can call it a war or not call it a war. Scripture says it was, was given to him, to the beast, to make war with the saints, the people who believed in Christ, and to overcome them. And authority was given to him over every tribe and people and language and nation. And you look, you look now at how uh, global institutions are coming together, right? I mean, so, so many uh, activities, you know, political, economic, religious, social, etc., are, are now uh, globally connected. Um, you know, people still speak different languages, although a lot of people uh, are learning English as a second language, and then a lot of people have English as a first language. But uh, but still, uh, even though there are different languages and, and nations, uh, still uh, the activities throughout the world are being more and more connected by technology, connected by institutions, by structures, by systems, political, economic, religious, social. Um, and so we we do really have a new world order. We do have a, um, a global system based on first the national governments using their free will to join into the global effort and with uh, pretty much, you know, one type of religion. But for religion, why does religion fail? Why does government fail? Why does globalism fail? All of these systems fail because they're really based on, uh, the, these institutions fail because they're, they're really control systems, and they're based on man-made rules, and they're based on, uh, um, you know, one narrative that everybody has to follow, and if they don't follow that narrative, they're going to be punished. So all of these uh, 
all of these institutions, they take away the uh, the freedoms given by the Almighty Creator to be free in Christ, you know, to have certain rights, you know, to, to love and uh, to live and to... Um, you know, do what it is that you're called to do in life. You know, you you have that freedom from the from the Creator, uh, and these systems that man has set up of religion and government and globalism, these systems are based on a man-made narrative and man-made rules and man-made control methods, uh, and really that's why they're going to fail because they are less than the power of God. The power of God, um, and any time can overcome all of that. And eventually we're going to have, you know, people talk about prophecy and all kinds of things and rapture and resurrection and second coming and millennium and uh, judgment and world to come. And I don't have a problem with any of it, but basically the creator is going to do a reset, a reset or a restart or a restoration of his creation. I, li I like the word reset, but it's not going to be the new world order reset, which is man-made. It's going to be um, the creator's reset of his creation, including planet Earth, but uh, e everywhere. And, uh, you know, are people going to end up somewhere for a while and then come back to Earth or just end up somewhere else on some other planet? I mean, who knows any of that stuff? Uh, people pretend to know, but they don't really know. But uh, anyway, um, it's really we're, we're in God's hands. And all of this man-made control and narratives and rules, it's doomed to, f to fail, whether it's in the form of a, of a religion, including uh, Christianity, which is, you know, is, is a religion based on a false view of who Jesus is, um, governments or globalism. We don't really need them because they're not of God. They're not, they're based on a false reality. They're not of the power of God. Um, but they do continue to operate because we reject our freedom in Christ. We reject any kind of personal sovereignty or personal responsibility or personal accountability. Um, we reject the idea of being compassionate towards other people, even though they may be captured by the false reality. We reject what God is trying to give us, and so it gives permission to the false reality to... to to rule, to, to take over our lives in a way, because we give them access, we give them opportunity to do that. Um, and as I say, the only thing that uh, helps us is that, you know, well, first of all, living in Christ and becoming aware of reality, uh, and the fact that the, the people operating the control systems on behalf of the people at the top of the pyramid, very often they don't know what they're doing or they do it poorly. Um, so even if they intend to do things that are ungodly or evil or whatever, um, really, uh, Christ is the one who is victorious. And so eventually we're going to see that and you should be able to start seeing it in your life right now. This should be, as our friend uh, says, you know, uh, the best apocalypse ever, you know, it's, it, it, it should be a time when you use the, the bad stuff to draw closer to the, your maker. The Almighty Creator, right? And people are using it to run away in fear, and that's 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 a shame. That's a, that's a tragedy for those people. Uh, but it doesn't have to be that way. And all those who live on the earth, verse eight, will pay homage to Him whose name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. Who don't? Who they're in the false reality? They don't believe in the Almighty Creator, the Book of the One who has been slain from the foundation of the universe. They don't believe in Christ. If someone has an ear, he must now listen. 
if someone is to go into captivity, he's taken into captivity. That's what we do. We allow ourselves to be taken into captivity. If someone is to be killed by means of a sword, he's killed by a sword. We allow ourselves to be killed by a sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. So we need to be patient and have faith. Right? Then I saw another beast rising from the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he was speaking, roaring like a dragon. And he carried out all the authority of the first beast before him, all part of this system, this Babylonian system. And he caused the earth and those dwelling in it to bow down and pay homage to the first beast. So this is like the enforcer. If you don't pay homage to the first beast, then you have to deal with the second beast. The first beast, whose fatal wound was healed. See, great miracle. Miracle, but false miracle for false purposes. And he performed great miracles so that he would make fire descend from the sky to the earth before mankind. And he deceived those who lived on the earth by the miracles which were given to him to do in the sight of the beast, saying for those who lived on the earth to make an image to the beast that had the wound from the small sword but still lived. And it was given to him to give a spirit to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast could also speak and could cause as many of those that would not pay homage to the image of the beast that they would be killed. You see, this, this is it. If you, don't, uh, if you don't fall for this system, you're at great risk. You're, you're in peril, right? Uh, physical peril. Um, but if you do fall for the system, you're not, you're on the wrong side, wrong side of events, right? You're, you're in the false reality. If you fall for this beast system, you're in the false reality. And if you don't, if you, if you, if you, go for it, if you comply with the beast system, you're in the false reality. If you don't comply with the beast system, the Babylonian system, then you could be killed. You know, and this is you know we we hear about uh, persecution, may or may not result in physical death, but you you it'll be harder not to comply with the beast. But still, if you are in Christ, you you can do it. You just, I mean, you you live your life. You 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 do what God has called you to do. You just, you live and you love. You operate in in the love of God. And okay, things are tough. You know, they've gotten tough in a way. But in a way, I've said before, it should be the best time of your life because you have a, a, a tremendous opportunity to have your eyes really opened and to build the life that God really wanted you to build. Maybe it's quite different from what you thought God wanted you to build or you thought you wanted to build, but you can still build a life on a stronger foundation of Logos, of the Word of God, of Christ, uh, in this time of great great anxiety, great sorrow, great stress, great difficulty. Yes, but you can still build your foundation on Logos, right? And he forces everyone, the small and the great, and the rich and the poor, and the free and the slaves, so that he could give them a mark upon their right hand or upon their forehead, all right, don't get carried away with the sim- symbolism of that. I mean, people make up all kinds of things. Uh, you know, if you want to look ahead of you, don't take the vaccination. And if you want to do it in a polite way, you just ask questions like, does it contain MRC5, you know, which is uh, aborted fetal cells and other DNA? Uh, is there the possibility of a latrogenic reaction where compounds uh, combine and you, you get sick? Uh but you know you can look at that as the next big thing ahead, where you you know you just don't want to take it. You don't want to you don't want to uh, comply with that mark. But I mean you know you don't need to get away, get involved with all the symbols that people say they understand, and so that no one would be able to buy or sell except the one who had the mark, the name of the beast, or the number of its name. Okay, 
digital economy. We might at some point be closed out of the digital economy, so we just have to start thinking about other ways of living, other ways of eating, other ways of loving other people and sharing with other people. Develop a real sense of community. Uh, and really, if it's real community, it will be in Christ. Here is the wisdom. The one who has understanding must count the number of the beast, be aware of the, the Babylon and who Babylon is, what it is, for it is a number of mankind, and its number is 666. So there's more numerology. Okay, is numerology done by people, or is it just kind of the natural order of reality? I, I don't really know. I don't really know. The numbers are interesting. You can have fun with them, but people get hypnotized by uh, all kinds of uh, symbols and signs, and really I don't think it's really... Uh, the main purpose of being in Christ and living in the love of the Almighty Creator. But anyway, I'm going to stop there. Uh, take heart. Don't be afraid. Keep going. And um, so I think uh, you can see now why religions, governments, and globalism really will fail because they're underneath God. They're not based on the power of God. They're based on the power of man. So uh, I'll stop there for now. I will do the, the prayers that we do, and then uh, I'll talk to you soon. Uh, we'll do Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For He will rescue you from the hunter's trap and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is body armor and shield. You will not fear the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the plague that stalks in darkness, nor the scourge that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the wicked paid back. For you have made the Lord your dwelling, who is my refuge, even the Most High, who is my refuge. So no evil will befall you, nor any plague come near your tents. For he will give his angels charge over you to guard you in all your ways. Upon their hands they will lift you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and cobra, trample the young lion and serpent. Because he has devoted his love to me, I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high, because he knows my name. When he calls on me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, rescue him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. A psalm of David, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And thank you very much for listening. Uh, enjoy the day. Talk to you soon. Bye for now.